Welcome to another edition of Park Talk Podcast, the official podcast of the Naperville Park District. Hi, everyone. I'm Sue Omenson. This episode will kick off a new series on fitness and wellness programs and opportunities for all ages that are offered through Naperville Park District's Fort Hill Fitness. Today, we'll hear about Big Moves, a virtual fitness program for people living with Parkinson's disease. I'd like to welcome as our guests today, Maura Connor, the instructor for Big Moves, and Hugh Flanders, a participant in the class. Thank you both for being here today. Um, So Maura, uh, most of us have heard of Parkinson's disease, but would you tell us a little more about it? I'd be happy to, Sue. Thanks so much for having us. In its simplest term, Parkinson's disease is a disorder of the central nervous system, and that nervous system includes the brain and spinal cord. And so it's basically a disorder of the controlling of everything you do, including movement. And a person with Parkinson's disease is going to have issues moving. So they gradually lose their ability to control body movements, uh, facial expressions, things along those lines. So the common symptoms that you're going to start seeing with that type of disorder is potentially tremors or shaking, slowing of the movement because the brain, while the brain might be telling the body to move forward, the disease is slowing that connection between that brain to that body part or that body part movement. So slowed movement. I've been told that the feeling of Parkinson's is like having stiff muscles all the time. So those are common symptoms along with um, speech changes. Um, Sometimes there's changes in writing and then a lot of different cognitive changes might be happening as well. If I could add piggyback onto that one of the phrases that goes around the Parkinson's community, if you've met one Parkinson's person, you've met one, meaning it's very, heterogene- it's very heterogeneous. So Mara kind of outlined the general symptoms, but there are Parkinson's people that don't have tremors. Um, and there are not a whole list of non-motor uh, issues as well. Sure. So it's, uh, it's a snowflake uh, degenerative disease, which makes it challenging as an instructor. Right, right. And... Um- How many people are impacted by Parkinson's diagnosis each year? So the Parkinson's Foundation, which is a major organization that is uh, dedicated to research, uh, education around Parkinson's disease, um, has estimated approximately 60,000 Americans are diagnosed each year. And there's a current estimate of between 1 million and maybe 1.2 million people who are living in just the U.S. who are living with Parkinson's. And then globally, it can, estimates are around 10 million at this time. So the unfortunate part is it is a growing number in that population. I was just listening to something yesterday about a new trial that's going to open up in Northwestern University Medical Center. And one of the things they were talking about, it was a uh, Michael J. Fox talk, is there's all kinds of new clinical trials. There's over 20 major clinical trials going on in the U.S. and there's other worldwide. And 15 years ago, that didn't happen. But because there's so many people with Parkinson's now, drug manufacturers and other groups are motivated to do more research. 
Um, so, th so the future is very optimistic. Yes, that's sure. good. Yeah. Um, and what is the typical age range for people um, to first be diagnosed with Parkinson's? So, Sue, we're seeing a typical um, age range of 60s, 70-year-olds, 80-year-olds. It's definitely in the, the older population. Uh, you see the majority of the diagnosis happening in that area. However, there is also a part of the population of Parkinson's disease that can be described as what's called young onset. So, Technically, a young, young onset diagnosis would be 50 years of age or younger. Um, I would say someone diagnosed at the age of 55 would be considered young onset. That certainly affects our, our older population in Naperville. Um, so how does exercise help Parkinson's? So this is the big passion of mine. Exercise has been shown and, and actually clinically shown at this time to help delay the onset or the continuation of the disease. So what does that mean? If a Parkinson's patient, a Parkinson's, a person living with Parkinson's can continue or begin a program of regular exercise. So this isn't something where it's one time a week. It's a continuation of three, four, five days a week of regular exercise. It has been shown to actually subdue or reduce some symptoms, delay the onset or delay the continuation of the disease. And bottom line is it just makes you feel better. It increases flexibility. It increases your strength. It increases your mobility. So the functional movements of exercise has also been shown to have a really big benefit. The $50 word is, which is really important is it builds neuroplasticity, builds neural pathways. And that's, that's kind of where the, some of the new research is, is going um, because Parkinson's, basically your brain cells are dying every day. And you're not going to replace those, but you can rewire things by by doing exercise, um, and that's it. Really makes a difference. On Hugh's comment about the neuroplasticity, and an example of an exercise that we do a lot is a lot of contralateral or opposite side moving. So you think when you're moving, when you walk, usually your arms are swinging. And your legs are moving up and down, up and down, back and forth. And what we're doing there with the Parkinson's patient or the Parkinson's participant is trying to reconnect that brain to that movement. So instead of walking and just your, your arms are essentially at your sides, we are trying to get the brain to start thinking about getting back to that natural walking gait. So is there some aspect of exaggerating moves that is useful? Yes, that's very important, whether it's your fingers, your arms, your legs, anything. The over-exaggeration is, is very helpful and very important. Some, and to touch on what, what Hugh's saying there, in the Parkinson's brain, and I think as someone who doesn't have Parkinson's, the best way to try and understand that is the Parkinson's brain is going my hand is in a fist and when I open up my fingers, they're really wide open. Well, they might not be though in someone with Parkinson's. So it's always saying to the Parkinson's participant in exercising, make that move bigger, walk like a monster, 
make sure when you're walking sideways or doing a big sidestep, it's huge. Um, so it is, it's all about those over-exaggerated movements when we're doing our mobility work, because that is what's telling the brain, the brain saying, yeah, it's big, but we're reconnecting those neural pathways as Hugh is describing and trying to basically make them work better. That applies even on a small scale to uh, exaggerate your hands and fingers because lots of Parkinson's people, me, myself included, have major issues handwriting. I can barely write with a pen anymore. So I do, I do finger exercises every morning, exaggerating movements of my fingers. It includes the voice exercises, which Mara does with us. I do those additionally because a lot of Parkinson's people, a common symptom is you lose your voice or it becomes really hard to hear. So you, I go around with my wife is somewhere else, but screaming and yelling and singing songs really loud every day because you have to exaggerate your voice, just try to maintain it at a normal level. I'd love it if I could turn it over briefly to Hugh to actually talk about what the Big Moves program does for people with Parkinson's. Okay, let me, let me preface that by saying that I was diagnosed in 2018 in the fall, so just over two years ago. And I've exercised all my life. So I've been a distance runner for 45 years and I swim and do yoga. And that probably people at my, my motion disorder specialist said that probably delayed the onset symptoms because I was exercising. Nobody knows that for sure, but I, but they think so. But um, I definitely noticed the slowness, the rigidity, the brain fog in the morning. And um, once I was diagnosed, as I started to do research, I knew I needed to do something else, particularly with those big movements that Mara's talking about, but even the small ones, and I learned about my voice. So I first joined a, a boxing club, which actually Mara worked at, Rocksteady Boxing. But with the pandemic, um, it became unsafe to go there. But that's where I started to learn that all those additional types of movements would be helpful to me and were helpful for me. And I think the one thing to say is, just to start off, then I'll backtrack. If I I was had some surgery like four months ago, and I missed Mars class for like two weeks, and my symptoms came back: my tremors, uh, brain fog, other physical symptoms, just by missing class for two weeks. And that's you hear that from people that if they're not exercising on a regular basis, um, those symptoms will get worse or get exaggerated. So it really is exercise is the best medicine in, in a general sense. Um, in particular, the big moves. Um, Parkinson's people are just call them parkies. We call ourselves parkies. They're particularly challenged in the morning because their dopamine hasn't kicked in or people's medicine haven't, hasn't kicked in. And I'm not on any medication yet. And I think for me, I'm, I, I'm sure I'm going to be on it in the future, but the, the exercising for me has kept me from having to use medication and the side effects that go along with it. So in the morning, you're slow, you're stiff, you're in the brain fog, and pretty much everybody in our class is like that. And also we're, all, we're older, most of us, so that's kind of a general effect of being older. So it's good that the class is in the morning because it really gets you going. Uh, when we start the class and do the warm-up, we do not feel very good. Uh, and Mara can tell from her video camera how silly we look or how stiff we look or, you know, raise your arms and people can't, they think they're raising their arms and they're not. Um, but as that dopamine starts to kick in and we increase the type of exercise and the intensity of it, um, we start to loosen up and we start to feel better. And I always, at the end of class, feel physically looser, more lucid. Uh, I may be tired, 
We did a lot of push-ups today, for example. I think I counted 75 push-ups that I did. Um, but I, I know that that's going to make me feel better. And that's just the short-term physical sensation that you feel kind of immediately after class. In the long term, like I said, it, you know it's, it's helping to rebuild those neural pathways. Um, it builds your balance, your core. I, I have done yoga for like 10 years. My daughter and wife guilted me into doing it. So that, that really helped. But I, Mars class is always doing balance and, and core exercises. Um, we're doing cognitive exercises more now, which is, which is fun, but also very helpful as well. Um, so that's, that's been kind of the, the benefit um, in that respect. And I, the other thing that Mara needs to hear is that, and I think she knows it, that besides the structure that the class is providing during the pandemic, um, we have a lot of fun. It's, it's a challenge to do a Zoom class and we're building a sense of community slowly. We talk before class gets started. Sometimes we, you can see Mara wants to get going, but we're chatting. Um, we chat afterwards, we do some goofy stuff. We had a get together, a social distance get together at our patio a while ago. It's important for the Parkinson's community because there's a group of people that we know we have something in common. And, and to, to touch on what Hugh is saying, you know, Hugh mentioned before, Parkinson's is such an individual disease for each person. So some people might have not have tremors. Some people battle a lot of depression. And so it is that managing, trying to manage the fitness class and the different fitness levels. Some people get diagnosed with Parkinson's and have never exercised. And then you have someone like Hugh, who fitness is part of his lifestyle, and it was before this, and now, and it will continue to be. So it is important for, as a fitness instructor and as the lead instructor for this program is the sense of community and trying to bring everyone together to say, we're all in this together, whatever level you're at. You don't have to do push-ups on the floor. We can do them on the wall. We can do them off of the back of a chair. We can do cactuses instead. So it's all types of different options for your level. And then taking that level and how can we get you to improve upon that level type of a thing. The, the, the challenge that Mara throws at us every day is really important for people to uh, for anybody that age, it's exercise in general. You need to challenge yourself. You can't say, I feel lousy or this or that. I mean, obviously, you got to worry about injury and some beginners overdo it. But that happens That happens with anybody. And having been in a Parkinson's class before where you were meeting face-to-face, -face, I know I want to go back to that because I we did things like I wrote cheers and poetry and songs, and we've done a little bit of that online. It's It's a little bit harder, but uh, that takes some pressure off the instructor, too, when everybody can meet in person, because then each individual develops relationships closer and helps those people so the teacher doesn't have that burden on them as much. Oh, it's never a burden, Hugh. I, lo I love my people, Sue. I love them. It's so encouraging to learn that there's an exercise program that can help slow the progression of a disorder like Parkinson's and make life better. So thank you so much, Maura and Hugh, and we'll post more information on the podcast webpage. Just visit NaperviллeParks.org slash podcasts. Thank you for listening. 
the Naperville Park District's mission is to provide park and recreation experiences that promote healthy lives, healthy minds, and a healthy community. Park Talk Podcast is a production of the Naperville Park District.